Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Going for Two podcast, the only podcast with a certified five-star review from Lil Sebastian. Wow. I'm Man. one of your hosts, um, Logan Sartain, uh, here with my co-host, Ben Cobb. Um, ben, wow. do you... Uh, did that floor you, that it, intro? It floored me. That was a great intro. Yeah, if we are uh, good in the eyes of little Sebastian. <laughs> that that says it all. That's amazing. I mean, he's truly 5,000 candles in the wind. 5,000 candles in the wind. What does he do? He does being a tiny horse, and he does it better than <laughs> anyone else. Man, you know, we should have like a – like you and I are both – huge fans of Parks and Rec and The Office. Mm-hmm. We should mm-hmm. have an episode that's dedicated to like the sports references in Parks and Rec and The Office. I don't know if it would be that much in The Office. I mean, towards the end of the season, Jim has that like a uh, I forget what like what what the right. name is of it, but um uh athlete. Athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh nice. Good good for you for remembering that. Um yeah. And then, but in Parks and Rec, like they have uh, Roy Hibbert, Detlef mm-hmm. Shrimp. Yep. Uh, and then they go to the Colts. They have like Andrew Luck, Jim Irsay, uh, Reggie Wayne. Reggie yeah. Wayne. Yeah. Uh, so I think Adam Vinatieri. They've got a good amount of uh, athletes on that show from time to time. So um, they do a lot of shout outs to Bobby Knight. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, what was it? Was it, what was the, uh, oh, the band name? Yeah. Was it? Was it Gladys and the Bobby Knights was, or something? Yeah, something like that. And they threw chairs at the at the end of the song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, yes. That was great. Oh, man. Yeah, we should have one episode that's just, like, dedicated to – or maybe, like, all TV shows or, like, TV shows mm-hmm. that you and I watch and talk about the sports references behind them. That'll be oh, awesome. Perfect. So I'm going to get right into it, Ben. What we came here to talk about, mm. what the people are wanting us to talk about, mm-hmm. if there was a combine – for miniature horses, little Sebastian would have dominated. Hundred percent, without question. Hundred percent, no doubt. So you know, combine has come and gone. They changed the format. They put it in prime time. How much do you watch of it? You know, I have Instagram, so I got to see those highlights. Mm-hmm. But like sitting down and watching the combine, I can't say that I did that at all on TV. Now I used to do that uh, back in the right. day when I was a little bit more free during my days and i had nfl network you know would turn on uh watch the watch the players run the 40 and the bench press and everything like that but now i'm just catching highlights of these offensive linemen running 40 times that uh (laughs) were are faster than me in my prime and they're hundreds of pounds more than me yep yep it was ridiculous yep had some of those thoughts that was that's certain um yep i'm just i'm disappointed you didn't you didn't binge watch the combine what I kind didn't. of football fan are you i know i know <clears throat> and maybe you know that's our fans needing to hold me more accountable how can i mm. produce good content as a co-host of the show if i'm not binge watching the combine so my question for you is did you binge watch the combine mr sartain Absolutely not. No, I didn't. Um, so I don't have NFL Network anymore yeah, because we're, that's it. we go to we went to Hulu Live TV. Yep. And while it's great, it doesn't provide NFL Network. Um, it's got great commercials though. Yeah. Did uh, 
I want to say maybe I'm thinking of the draft, but I thought Fox covered the combine last year, but I might be thinking of the draft. Yeah, I can't like this year. I didn't watch much of it last year. Mm. Um, I, yeah, but, I used to love watching it and picking out my favorite guys yep. and doing some of that. Um, yep. I used to like watching so, the linebackers because I was a linebacker. That was, oh, uh, yeah. I would always, you know, I would feel like no one, I, no one ever watched the linebackers, but that was like my day. I was like, all right, on Thursday, the linebackers are doing their thing. I'm going to watch it then. Uh, so that was, that was always nice, but needless to say that didn't happen this year. Yep. I always liked picking out my favorite quarterback that nobody knew anything about mm-hmm. and saying that guy's going to do it. That guy's going to be great. The some early days, days of scouting. Good. Yeah. <laughs> some days I was pretty good. Like I called Case Keenum. Like I said, he's, wow. he's going to be, he's a winner. He's good. He's productive. And you know, that's, I would say from my standpoint, I call that a win for me. Yeah. Abilene Jason. He was, He definitely over uh, overachieved. Um, so I'm proud of that, that call on that one. I'm not yeah. so proud when I – I can't even remember the guy's name. Uh, oh, Joel Stave. Joel Stave. Man, that sounds familiar. He looked like a – he looked like a god throwing the football in the combine. Joel Stave. Oh, wow. He looks like uh, Mike Glennon. And where did he go to he's college? A, he's a big guy. Uh, he – Attended college at Wisconsin. That's what I thought. So wow. that was um, probably maybe my fault was picking a Wisconsin quarterback as my pick to go far. I mean, yeah. well, Russell Wilson's probably a one-off there. But well, oh, we can see his Twitter. Parents are uh, Carl and Barb. Hmm. The inter- the internet gives you a lot. Oh man, is he on the Vikings? That's the last I heard about him. His he was still there. his Twitter his Twitter pictures are uh, is as a Vi- him and the Vikings, but that is from 2016. Um, but unlike Joel Stave, let's talk <laughs> about some real players. Not not that no, yeah. okay okay right. not that he's not a real player. Yes, he's probably forty thousand times better at football than I ever was. But let's yeah. talk about some players that will get drafted high up. Uh, did anybody stand out to you? Coming in, you know, we talked about uh, Watson, the linebackers, but mm-hmm. any quarterbacks, anyone just make it say, wow, you know, um, obviously Tua didn't lift a finger during the combine, smart enough, uh, Burrow, right. Burrow got measured, which I'll, mm-hmm. I'll talk about in just a second, but, um, but he didn't, you know, he didn't really right. do anything else, but no, I thought there were, there were two big standouts to me and kind mm-hmm. of for, for different reasons. Uh, one of them really reaffirmed what I thought about him. And then the other one probably challenged what a lot of people think about him. So the first, uh, I'm going to talk about Isaiah Simmons, the Mm. uh, linebacker, safety, slot corner, punt returner, kickoff coverage, water boy, assistant coach, (laughs) Isaiah Simmons. Like he can do it all. And he, I think, to me, his combine performance proved that he can do it all. A lot of times mm-hmm. we say, oh, he's played all over the field. Well, it's because, like, they like him, but he's just not, like, great at anything. I think Isaiah Simmons can be pretty great almost wherever you put him. Yeah. Um, he ran 
stupid fast 40. Oh my gosh, I know. His, it was faster than I saw a Chris it was faster than Christian McCaffrey and uh Saquon was it Saquon yeah. Barkley? Yeah, I oh think both of these gosh. guys I'm going to talk about ran a 439. Oh. And gosh. I say he's 236 pounds. Yeah. That's that's like he may be the most athletic guy to come into the NFL in like years. Mm-hmm. That's not a hyperbole. No, no, not at all. It, I mean, he's his measurables aligned a lot with uh, Julio Jones, and Gosh. just thinking what he can you put Julio Jones on defense. What What are you going to do with him? You can play him at yeah. corner. You can play him at safety or linebacker. Yeah, he's going to do good, pretty much wherever you put him. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where he goes. I think he's going to end up playing a position closer to, you know, Honey Badger, uh, Derwin James, um, kind of really? back to a, a, a Cam Chancellor is really yeah. probably the best comp that I see for him. Um, but I think he's more athletic than Cam Chancellor. I think he's got a wow. ton more speed. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, he's the kind of guy where, he could be a strong safety just as easily as he could be a defensive end. Yeah. Yep. And that's rare. I think he's going to be a tight end killer. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, definitely. I think a few years ago when it was the tight end craze, you know, we had Jimmy Graham and Gronk in their prime, mm-hmm. and we're talking about who can cover these guys. Well, one of the teams that had the most success was the Seattle Seahawks with Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what – that's what Isaiah Simmons is going to be. He's got coverage skills. He's got speed. He's also got size and strength. So I'm excited. Yeah, about nah, him. He's a freak. What about the other guy you mentioned? So the other guy had a ton of college production, which could be viewed as a positive or a negative, uh, depending on how you look at it. And that's Jonathan Taylor mm, from Wisconsin. Okay. So he also ran a four, three, nine, which I think surprised a lot of people. Um, Taylor was a guy that I think most people looked at him as a, uh, inside the tackles runner like he was you know a, a three yards in a cloud of dust kind of guy but that's that's home run speed that's yeah. like we said that's faster than christian mccaffrey that's faster than saquon barkley and so the kind of the question about him hearing some analysts talk about him uh is does he have the vision and does he have the lateral quickness um to be talked about in the same sentence as those two previous guys, you know, yeah, uh, McCaffrey and Barkley, those guys, that's, you know, yeah, they've got enough breakaway speed running like four, four, eight, uh, four, four something. Um, but that four, three, nine, that's run away from you speed. Yeah. So, and yeah, he's got power too. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's not a, there are some, there are some really fast running backs, even that are coming into the, NFL, like DeAndre Swift, for example, that people know they have the speed, they're speedsters, they don't have any uh, concern about that. But maybe where they do have some concern, like with DeAndre Swift, for example, is can he be a in-between-the-tackles back that just, you know, puts his shoulders down and can run somebody over? Mm -hmm. And there's not that concern with Jonathan Taylor. He's got that 439 speed, and he's got the ability to run someone over, which, like Isaiah Simmons, that's a pretty rare breed uh, to have both in one. Yeah, I think we may be looking at someone similar to a, I don't know, like a Nick Chubb type runner. Um, mm. Power is his, you know, his his number one, and but speed and quickness and 
uh, ability to make you miss is, is probably his, his second punch and it's not far behind his first. So I, yeah. I see, I think he could be very, very productive in the league. I think you look at today's game. Um, it's a lot more spread out. Uh, there's a lot more passing and you say, okay, that kind of devalues the running back, but that takes a guy like Jonathan Taylor with all those skills and puts him in space, you know, at Wisconsin. Yeah. We talked about Wisconsin quarterbacks earlier. Can you name their quarterback this season? No, I, I was thinking of the Nebraska quarterback. I can't name their their quarterback this season. Like I think it's something Hornacek or Hornbrook or is it Joel? Is it Joel Stave? I no, I think they would have been better <laughs> if they had Joel Stave based Probably on so. my analysis of, of him at the combine a few years ago. But yeah, right. But man, you know, I mean, it, it, what about the uh, the long line of Wisconsin running backs? You know. He just, he's just, it's just amazing what they've been able to produce. And he's just following in the footsteps of like what Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even throwing it back to, um, oh man, who was the Texans running back for out of Wisconsin? That was really good. Um, this is a, oh man, I'm trying to, I have to go far back. But uh, Dwayne, Dwayne, does that ring a bell? I'm looking up right now. Uh, Dwayne Texans running, running back Wisconsin. Um, no, Ron Dane. That's right. Not Dwayne. Mm. Ron Dane. Yeah. So, you know, in, in what Monte ball. Um, so they've got some, they've got some pretty good ones. I feel like there's someone I'm, I'm forgetting, but I'm sure our large following on Twitter will let me know who I forgot. Yeah. Let us know who, who we're think who we're missing. But yeah, so so far we've got the comps of Isaiah Simmons, Cam Chancellor, and Jonathan Taylor as a Nick Chubb. That's not bad. Those aren't some. Those aren't bad comps. Yeah, I, I think those guys are going to be super productive in the league. You you put a Jonathan Taylor on a team like um, the Eagles, who who want to spread it out. You put them on a team like the Chiefs who have a late pick in the first round, mm. you know, those are, those are teams that, you know, maybe they don't have that, that star power at running back that, that raw talent. Um, yeah. I think, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to go, going to have a productive rookie season. I think Isaiah Simmons is, is going to, I'm, I'm just oh, excited man. to see him play. You know, can you guess what his hand size is? Was his hand size 10 inches? Isaiah Simmons' hand size was barely over nine and a oh, half. Oh, wow. I was off feet. on that one. Nine, nine inches, five, uh, sorry, nine feet. <laughs> no, sorry, not, 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 <laughs> not nine feet. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, no, he's nine and five eighths inches. I've never like thought about an eighth of an inch before at least not that i know of so this is new territory but i'm (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's not nine feet but yeah his hand size was nine and five eighths of an inch so that is five eighths of an inch uh larger than joe burrow's hands yes it is so big deal not a big deal it's it's not a big deal it and the reason I say that is because, so, you know, you, you know me, I, I like to, 
when people interpret a lot of times data and measurements and and kind of an alarmist view, I am like always hesitant to side with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it ends up that they're true, I'm like, all right, hold on. We need to think about this through, or we need to think about this first. And, you know, and so I was doing a little bit of research on the Joe Burrow hand size. And for you, for you listeners, I'll just kind of get, put some context around this. So Joe Joe Burrow at the combine, uh, his hands measured nine inches wide. And there's this, widespread almost mythical belief among nfl owners and gms that uh it's kind of the cutoff for hand width that will determine the success of a quarterback if you're 8.99 inches there's no way anybody's going to draft you you're going to be terrible and if you're nine inches uh you have a chance so i don't know where this specifically came from uh the article that i was reading was talking about how it stemmed from just the general idea that uh, shorter quarterbacks and therefore quarterbacks that have um, smaller hands proportional to their height aren't as talented as taller quarterbacks. Um, Obviously we've seen Breeze and Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray break the uh, thinking upon that. But yeah, so to give a little bit of a precedent around the, the measurements. um, So, and I'm going to get a little technical here, but Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, yeah, they are shorter. And so kind of the first argument is, well, here are examples of short quarterbacks who have been very successful in the NFL. But the argument to that is, well, Drew Brees and Russell Wilson actually have very large hands. Um, their, their hands, I want to say that I saw uh, both Brees and Wilson had hands larger than uh, – uh, Peyton Manning's and mm-hmm. so their hands are naturally very big um, but when we yeah bigger than uh, Peyton Manning's and Andrew Luck as well but other people who have had quote-unquote smaller hands Patrick Mahomes hand size 9.25 inches mm-hmm. so kind of right in the middle of uh, in between Isaiah Simmons hand size and Joe Burrow's hand size and we all know Patrick um, Holmes is doing pretty well in the NFL. Um, additionally, some other quarterbacks that had smaller hands, kind of closer to um, that, were definitely un- under ten inches. Were Rogers, Tony Romo, Michael Vick. So these would all kind of be considered on the smaller side of uh, hand size, I believe. So you know, to me, uh, it, so there's a couple things. One. Um, there's the list of good quarterbacks who have, uh, under nine inches, uh, wide hands. Uh, It's not very long. However, I just don't think that there's good enough data to support this idea. Um, the other kind of argument towards this is that quarterbacks who have smaller hands tend to lose the ball a little bit more. Um, there's not really any that I could find good data to support that. Mm-hmm. Um, typically the ones that lose the ball more, are the ones that uh, run around a lot, you know, like um, Tony Romo and Michael Vick, who are both known for scrambling and, and Vick obviously for running around. So right. all that to be said, you know, if, if, uh, if I was a GM or if I was an owner and our GM said, Hey, you know what? I'm really good. I'm really keen on this Burrow guy. He's awesome. But his hands, you know, 
they're they're only nine inches. I mean, come on now. Mm-hmm. If they're nine point two five inches, without a doubt, one hundred percent. You know, back the Brinks truck up. Let's draft them number one overall, without a doubt. But as nine, I don't know, nine inches, man, that's a little small. Like that, you know, to me, that just doesn't really cut it. And and I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm surprised that this is still, uh, this still resonates with some people in NFL. But I still, I do feel like a lot of NFL owners and GMs are getting away from the kind of mantra and the stereotypical player for that matter. Like not just quarterback from small to tall, but you don't have to have a Derrick Henry. You can have an Austin Eckler, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to have a Calvin Johnson. You can have a, you know, a, um, a Taylor Gabriel shout out to ACU. You know, you could have these, a wide range of the physicality in your players and still be successful. So right. all that to say, I, I don't think now I could be wrong. Um, you know, I found a, another list of of uh, players, and I know this is getting a little technical and maybe boring, but I'm interested in this because it's so it's kind of a funny thing that people think. I in my in my view, um, but yeah. So it, you know, um, there are other players. Ben Roethlisberger. I saw this one thing. It was like uh, a quote that said, "Ben Roethlisberger's hand size in 2004." was not released to the public. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like it's like, it's part of a, uh, uh, like a trial or something. The commissioner stomped okay. on it along with the, the yeah. Patriot tapes. Sky, spy yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Which we later learned, uh, for all you listeners out there who are like, I need to listen to the show because I need to figure out how wide Ben Roethlisberger's hands are nine inches and seven eighths of an inch. So Oof. bigger yep. than Joe Burrows, yep. but who knows? Joe Burrow may have more of a successful career in the same division. So um, in that, you know, his, if Joe Burrow gets drafted first overall, his coach is going to be Zach Taylor. Uh, Zach Taylor comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree. Sean McVay's quarterback who took him to a Super Bowl was Jared Goff. That's right. How big were Jared Goff's hands been? Jared Goff's hands were nine inches wide, nine inches conspiracy. Or coincidence? I think <laughs> definitely not. conspiracy. Oh, definitely conspiracy. Yeah. 100%. The the McVeigh <laughs> offense relies on a quarterback with nine inch hands. I mean, it's it's that it, simple. It must be, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's a great example. Like to say a quarterback with nine inch hands can physically not be successful. I mean, Jared Goff he hasn't been out of this world, but he had a really good year two years ago. So, you know, if he kept that production up, then boom. But I don't know. It's just it's just funny. Um, it's it's like anything else at the combine. It's one factor. Yep. And mm-hmm. you can't take one trait or one test and say that's it. They don't meet my specification here. Throw them out. You know. It, yep. If you if you took if you didn't want a defensive lineman under six two, you wouldn't have Aaron Donald. You know. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. didn't want a wide receiver that didn't run. Uh, a four or five forty, you wouldn't have Anquan Bolden. You know, you have super super productive elite guys, not just average or good, not just starting level. But you're gonna you're gonna miss on elite talent like Russell Wilson. I mean, he dropped to the third round because of his height. Yep, yep, that's right. If I would I would bear bet to say that you know if if Russell Wilson were coming out of Wisconsin this year we might be looking at him as a potential number one overall pick. We might not. You huh. know, he, he didn't have the best college career. 
there was, but there was, you know, the leadership, the arm talent has never been a question and his athleticism is off the charts. So, yeah. And, yeah. and he had good hand size, you know, I mean, he had That's a bad right. measurable in his height, but he had a good measurable in his, in his hand size. And yeah. Plus, That's I mean, right. I've, I've got to measure every quarterback by this standard. You know, I only have like eight and a quarter inch hands. And wow. so, I mean, Jared, Jared Goff, um, Joe Burrow, they're fine. Like if they got bigger hands, you know, I can throw the football as good as anybody I know, Ben. So that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. If, I could, I could chunk a pigskin a quarter mile. Okay. Uncle Rico. <laughs> if coach would have put me in an 85. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So before we go down that uh, memory lane. Yeah. So, you know, we've been talking about the NFL uh, draft and all these players that are hoping to change the franchise of whatever team mm-hmm. they go to. One of the other big things that, may change the franchise of any team in the NFL is free agency. Uh, we talked a lot about the quarterbacks on this podcast, as have a lot of people, um, but I want to pay some mind to the non-quarterbacks. In fact, yeah. you know, I'll just give a quick shout-out. Los Angeles Chargers, you see their trade? No. What? Yeah, so they traded uh, – so <laughs> nothing, nothing too groundbreaking, but still like great for me. Uh, Russell Okung, they traded Russell Okung for Trey Turner. Um, so hmm. I can see the sides to both, but yeah, so I, I'm very happy. You know, we got a very young, I think Trey Turner's like 25, 26. Okay. Uh, he's five times pro bowler. I'm like, this sounds great. Sounds awesome. So, um, but anyways, I, that came to mind because we were talking about non quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. moving on to non quarterback free agents, however, um, it's probably the last time we're going to talk about linemen today. So there's that probably for, you, is. for you big guys. There's That's a shout out. Almost a guarantee. That's right. Um, yeah, so I'm just interested to hear where you think some of the top free agents are going to go uh, in the list. You know, we've got some quarterbacks on the list. We've got some tight ends, wide receivers. Mm-hmm. What are your projections? Anything groundbreaking or a little less groundbreaking, but possibly a very good prediction? Well, I think we're, we're going to have some movement in the non-QBs. Um I don't think it's going to be as much as anybody wants. Like we all want uh, chaos. Everybody wants chaos. Everybody's team wants them to keep their guys and then go out and get a few more. It's every year. We're probably disappointed when we look at trade deadlines or free agency, because a lot of guys stay put and you know, it, it makes sense because you, all of these big money free agents, they get overpaid. Um, mm. is what I see. Yeah. Most of the time when you have a guy hit free agency, they they set a trend in the market. And, you know, a lot of times it's it's a trend that's immediately kind of bucked because, okay, that person wasn't worth it. They got hurt immediately after or they didn't live up to it. I'm not going to give my guy that now. So it, yeah. I think we're going – let's go into this conversation with the mindset of like, Hey, let's be realistic. Are these guys actually going to leave their team or are they going to be back with their, uh, their team next year? So let's start with the biggest name on the list. Arguably the best running back in the league this last year, uh, Derrick Henry. Ben, where, where do you think Derrick Henry ends up? Yeah. So, you know, the thing about Derrick Henry is that the Titans team is weighing their options with Ryan Tannehill right mm-hmm. now. 
Um, so that's a big factor in it uh, with their salary cap. Uh, you know, I think with the Titans, with their future and realizing the playoff success that they had, uh, balancing between Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, weighing the odds, and not necessarily saying that uh, they can't have their cake and eat it too and bring both back. But, you know, I think that they, uh, Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel and the Titans um, front office realizes that Henry's their guy above Tannehill, you know? And so uh, because mm-hmm. of that, I think they're going to go ahead and try to bring him in. Um, and therefore I'm saying that Derrick Henry is going to end up back with the Titans. Would you agree? I do agree. I think uh, there's a lot to be said about running backs by committee. Um, there's not a lot of recent data to back up giving a running back a big deal. Um, you yeah. didn't see the production out of Ezekiel Elliott last year. You didn't see the production out of Todd Gurley the year before. Le'Veon Bell hasn't lived up to it. Um, these these yeah. big money elite guys, can, can you tell me a guy that's produced – on a big contract for at least three seasons at the running back position at the running back position. Yeah. Oh man. You know, I, it seems to be, you pay these running backs and then either, and most of the time, honestly, they get banged up. Like it's Mm -hmm. hard for a top tier running back in today's NFL to go three years without having a significant injury. Right. Yeah. Think about Todd Gurley. Think about even Saquon Barkley this year. Think about Le'Veon Bell. Uh, think about, you know, Ezekiel Elliott has been off the field for other issues, too. So I definitely agree with you that it, if I'm thinking about giving a big contract to a running back, I have huge hesitation mm-hmm. to do that because I it's almost a guarantee that a top tier running back who gets the workload that these guys do regularly, that the, he's not going to be healthy for three years straight yep so it's it's tough to to rely on that level of production out of your elite running back but it's impossible to replace that level of production with running back by committee so it's you're kind of between a rock and a hard place do i let derrick henry go and lose that elite level runner only to replace him with you know 80 percent through running back by committee yeah. or do i keep him and gamble that we can you know, recapture lightning in a bottle like they did last year. I agree with you, though. Derrick Henry is the safer bet than Ryan Tannehill to lock up long-term, and I think they will. If they don't, I'll throw, I'll give you two teams, one that may be realistic and one that would be crazy awesome. Okay. So realistic and boring, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They probably have enough cap space. Um, they need a running back. Ronald Jones is not anybody's answer to anybody's question. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> he would be a, a great compliment to, to, you know, what Bruce Arians wants to do. Um, that's realistic. Okay. Uh, yeah. Crazy awesome would be the Baltimore Ravens. Can you imagine wow. a, a backfield that included, you know, you got three tight ends that are super athletic and do different things super well. You got Lamar Jackson. Oof, who man. Is the ultimate weapon, and then you've got Derrick Henry, like Ugh. you, Mark Ingram. I, I think Mark Ingram would probably be the odd man out in that scenario. Um, Fair, mm-hmm. probably get traded um, just to m- make the cap space for him. But Derrick Henry, yep. I think, would be the 
the ideal back for their offense. Yeah, that that would be something. He'd be doing the reverse Kevin Durant. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Man, that's great. Oh, I love it. I love the realistic, but then I love balancing it with the fun guesses yeah. as well. So keeping it within the quarterback family, um, one of my teams is going through a little bit of a quarterback uh, continued drama, mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon, right? Mm-hmm. We all know what happened with Melvin Gordon at the beginning of the season. That was not pretty uh, on either side. I kind of feel like both the Chargers and Melvin Gordon lost from him holding out. Uh, but eventually the Chargers did quote unquote win and were able to get Melvin Gordon to come back and lower his asking price. It is just about a foregone conclusion from everything I hear and read that he is not going to be with the Chargers. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and give my prediction. And then I'm interested to hear whether or not you do think he's going to stay with the Chargers since you said uh, we both said Derrick Henry is going to stay with his team. But, you know, I think so Melvin Gordon, uh, I don't think that this is necessarily a groundbreaking theory uh, or stance about where he goes, mm-hmm. but I think that he ends up on the Miami Dolphins. Ooh, okay. Um, and the reason I say that is, is primarily one, you know, they are really lacking in the quarterback position. I mean, sorry, <laughs> maybe you can play quarterback <laughs> too. Who knows? In the uh, running back position, you know, um, Kenyon Drake, he had a terrible year with the Dolphins. And then what happened? Well, they let him go. They let him go to the Cardinals. And then he ended up having a much better year. So, because of that, um, I, the core, or the running back position in Miami is in disarray, I would say, to say the least. But Melvin Gordon could come in and make an impact. He's not their solution, uh, probably long term. He, he's, I think, I'm always split on like whether or not Melvin Gordon is above average. Hmm. Um, I think he's slightly, I think he is above average. Um, but I don't think he's, you know, close. He's not in the top tier. I guess I should put it that way. I think he's a good running back. I think he's above average, but he's not in the, uh, level that I think he thinks he is, or at least he wants to be paid as such. Um, but I think he ends up with the dolphins. Um, I think it would be a, not the craziest move to bring him in, but they would probably both benefit. They would probably pay him well. They don't have a whole lot of, uh, stars on that team. So he would, uh, probably get the attention that he wants to get. So that's my guess. My guess is that he ends up with the Dolphins. So, Logan, would you say that he, he stays in uh, Los Angeles or goes elsewhere? No, nah, I can't say that he's going to stay. I think that relationship is kind of kind of broken. Um, plus, he wasn't that productive through the, yeah. in, through the part of the season that he played in. Austin Eckler was the more productive back. If I'm the Chargers – there's no way I want him back anywhere close to what he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of think uh, Dolphins are a good spot. They've got plenty of cap space. They've got to feel part of it. So he would be, you know, a good out for it on a short-term deal at least. Um, maybe a team that, that came to mind for me was, um, okay, I'll give you two. I'll kind of do the same thing. Maybe, I don't know how realistic either of these are, but I'm going to say more realistic, maybe the Houston Texans. Um, okay. Carlos Hyde okay. was really productive, but he's not, he's not a feature back or not for long. You know, he's, he's probably on the tail end of his career. 
and I, I can't see him being their bell cow. So I'm going to say that um, Houston Texans may be the more realistic pick for Melvin Gordon. I know they had some interest in him and trading for him, or at least that was what was being said in the rumor mill at the beginning of last season. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, crazy awesome. Let's see Melvin Gordon on the Chiefs. Oh, okay. Wow, you, you got a lot of people going to the Chiefs. Like, they're gonna have a uh, they're gonna have a Jonathan Taylor, a Melvin Gordon in their backfield. Yeah, I mean that would be kind of an either or situation <laughs> or a one year deal. You know, they they could afford that yeah, combo sure. on a one year deal. Um, they just won the Super Bowl and they lost the running back that helped make them super explosive in Kareem Hunt. So imagine yeah. if they had another guy of that skill level and. I see what you're saying about Melvin Gordon being, you know, is he average? Is he above average? I think he, his is, is su- supreme. Like, I think he's got a lot of skill. Um, you're, you're right though. He's, he's underachieved for the most part. There's probably one or two seasons where he lived up to the hype, but he came out of college. He was hurt a lot. He kind of got a slow start. And then he probably had two seasons where he was, probably a top five running back. And then here he is again. Yeah, exactly. And his, you know, and we could go on and on and talk about Melvin Gord in that, that running back situation in Los Angeles with Justin Jackson and uh, Austin Eckler and, you know, and, and how that impairs free agency as well. Um, but, you know, let's, let's move on to, some of the non running back. Mm-hmm. All right, so Logan, I want to I want to do a I want to do an activity okay. for our listeners. Okay, uh, I'm going to okay. catch you off guard here, but you got the list in front of you mm-hmm. of free agents, big free agents. Are there any that you want to make sure you you talk about? Because I'm feeling a lightning round back and forth, where they end okay. up. Um, but I want to make sure that I that any of these that you're like, man, I really want to say X, Y, and Z about this, that you get the chance to do nope, that. Let's go lightning round. Let's do it. Cool. And then of course, after the lightning round, we can always umbrella back up and talk yeah, about yeah. why we chose that. Yep. Sound good. Cool. All right. Um, I marks get set. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, Dallas Cowboys, Byron Jones, Amari Cooper, Byron Jones, uh, uh Raiders. Raiders. Okay. AJ Oof. Green. Um, Patriots. Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. All right. Hunter Henry. Mm, how many seconds do Ten. I get? Nine, eight, uh, six, Hunter Henry ends up. Oof. Oakland Raiders. Okay. <laughs> Again. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Robbie Miami Anderson. Dolphins. All right, there it is. So, uh, Mari Cooper going to Cowboys, Byron Jones going to the Raiders, AJ Green going to the – where'd you put him? I put AJ Green with the Patriots. Okay, AJ Green, Patriots, Hunter Henry to the Raiders as well, and Robbie Anderson to the <laughs> – you can tell that I was thinking that I was, that I was thinking not listening. Robbie where'd I put you? to the Dolphins. <laughs> To the so, Dolphins, yeah, exactly. In, in, All right, so that that went. Um, eh. <laughs> I think um, 
given a little bit more time to think about it, Robbie Anderson is probably a better fit on the Patriots than AJ Green. Um, they okay. need, mm-hmm. but he he catches too too well. <laughs> he can't be on the Patriots. Yeah, and he's, he's too got fast. Too good hands. He'd be he'd laugh yeah, their right. receivers. <laughs> but that's what, you know, that's what they need. They need a guy to take the top off and that's what Robbie Anderson is. Um I wanted to I really wanted to send AJ Green to the Chiefs too. I want to send everybody to the Chiefs. Yeah, really. No, I get that. Uh you you just want to see that offense be more yeah. explosive. <laughs> yeah. No, that was uh that was good. Um Hunter Henry is going to be an interesting one. I mean, the Patriots have to be in the market for a, a tight end too. Uh, Eric Ebron's probably one we left off that list. I've I said from the day yeah. the Colts, Chris Ballard said, "Ah, we're probably not going to re-sign him." I I called that immediately. I think he was going to the Patriots. Um, oh, yeah. I, I really wonder. I think like if they really wanted to the Patriots could build a Super Bowl contender again with Tom Brady. Like I think, I think yeah, there's, I you know, there's a couple free agents on this list. Uh, I, Robbie Anderson might not command top, top market dollars, you know, um, he might be a good fit or, you know, you go out and you get a Taylor Gabriel who still has speed and, uh, and ability. He scored three touchdowns in a half for the bears last season. And then the yeah. bears release him. So, then, then you go get your big money, you spend it on tight end, and then you trade literally everything you have and you get um, OBJ. Okay. And you bring back Tom Brady. You, you, so I think the Patriots have enough pieces that they could hold on to on defense to make it work with Bill Belichick. Um, and then they just they need some offensive weapons. That's what Tom Brady complained about. But I don't think they'll do that because – one Belichick's pride and two Belichick's plan is more than next season. And, and I think we'll get into this in our next segment, but Brady is not a, not a long-term investment at this point in his career, not even a two year investment. You know, I, I hear what you're saying. I've said this before and I'll say it again and I'll say it on this podcast to make it official. Uh, But I don't think the Patriots dynasty is over. I think everybody is writing mm. them off. I think everybody is thinking it's a foregone conclusion that Brady leaves, uh, and therefore the Patriots have to start looking for another quarterback and have to start rebuilding, all this kind of talk. I am saying it here that I, would, I don't think uh, that it's over, and I actually, if I had to wager it, I would say that they win another Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Wow. Okay. I, I'm going to take the other side of that bet. <laughs> I, I don't think they will win another Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Okay. Um, because mainly at this point, I'm, I'm starting. I have been pretty heavy on the side of Tom Brady's going back to New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, I'm, I'm starting to lean more towards center. Of It's kind of a toss-up of whether he comes back or not. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. I, and I, I kind of think the same way. Uh, I just think he – I do think he comes back, but I do think it's definitely trending towards – like it's moving in the direction that he does not come back. Uh, but I think that he mm-hmm. ends up coming back. Um, so, I don't know. It'll be interesting nonetheless. That, that's for sure. So, 
Moving on from the non-quarterbacks, the probably the more intriguing group of players about to hit free agency are the quarterbacks this year. Um, we've got guys like Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Tannehill, Taysom Hill, uh, Jameis Winston, and uh-huh. Marcus Mariota. Um, so I was kind of explaining this to you, how I wanted to talk about this. And so I'll explain it to our listeners. We like to talk about these guys and where they're going to go and why we think they're going to be great in here or why, you know, Oh, this guy should be a target for this team. But oftentimes I think what clouds that conversation is what they've done in the past. Um, when in reality, when you're investing in a free agent, you better be looking at what they're going to provide within the terms of the contract. So in order to uncloud our vision of this free agent quarterback carousel, um, what I want us to do is go through and assign each of these guys a Madden rating. Like realistically, how good do we think they are right now? Um, and we didn't talk about exactly how we came up with that criteria. And I think that's good. So I'll, I'll explain how I'm kind of coming up with mine. Um, and I'll let you kind of explain how you're coming up with yours. So sure. I took it as, as two sides, two sides of the coin and put them as, as even halves. Uh, the one side being the physical attributes and the other side being the non-physical attributes. So, you know, uh, being able to read a defense, being able to make the right decision, uh, leadership qualities, stuff like that. Um, injury proneness and things like that. I put on the physical side um, and everything else, non-physical, put on the non-physical side. And then I take those two numbers and I average them together. And I come up with what I, what I think their, their overall rating is. Okay. All right. I get to, uh, for me, it was probably a lot less, uh, thought out than you. (laughs) It was just kind of like (laughs) thinking about how they, and it may have recency bias, um, here, uh, you know, and definitely I'm thinking probably about some recency bias for people like, uh, Tannehill and Mariota, but I mean, and Winston, but, um, I don't know, you know, I was just thinking about overall, how they are and how they've been as a player and and and, and, and I think a recency bias, recency bias is actually not that much of a bias here because if we're thinking about in terms of free agency for next season I'm very much mm-hmm. going to weigh the recent play of a quarterback and not their right. play as a whole otherwise every single person would be all over would be all over Philip Rivers you know so I'm going to have to take it into consideration as last season uh, and how it really was on a downward trajectory. So um, that being said, I'm interested to hear your yeah. scores. Yeah. So um, we've got them. We're both looking at each other's scores. So this is no surprise to us, but we've, we've agreed on a couple. We are close on a few others and we are far off on at least one. You know, I've got the, uh, for fun, I've, I pulled up the Madden 20 quarterback ratings. Awesome. So we can compare with what they actually are. Yeah. Okay. So Tom Brady is the biggest name in free agency. I think he's going to go back to the Patriots. But here's where – and when I did this exercise, it, it actually made me raise my opinion of Tom Brady. Okay. I was thinking I was going to put Tom Brady in the 78 to 82 range. Whoa. That's where I thought Tom Brady was. And I'll I'll say this. 
I think by the end of next season, he might end up there. Okay. Wow. Because I think that the decline could start and could be that steep nearly immediately. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, but where I've got Tom Brady right now is with a 99 intangibles, non-physical. And I can't remember where I put his physical, probably at like 75, but it put him at an 87. All right. Okay. I like it. So uh, I've got the same as you 87 overall. So we were right there, uh, right on Mm -hmm. the nose for both of us. I don't understand his Madden 20 rating. And I'm, I'm thinking about maybe the, the table I'm looking at was decided before, before uh, the I guess season. that would make sense. Yeah. Updated on August 2nd, 2019. So maybe let's see, there's updated, right? Madden rankings. Yeah, there should be Madden. All right. Rankings QBs. All right. Let me figure this out. Cause like it does matter, you know? So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you examples. Tom Brady was 96. Oh my God. 96 coming in. So, you know, I, and we're, we're definitely looking at this, uh, taking into consideration their, uh, their season. So I'm going to try to find that. Um, but Logan, I'll let you introduce the next guy while I'm searching for this. Okay. So next on the list, uh, probably the second biggest name, um, your own Los Angeles chargers, Philip rivers. That's right. So, Philip um, has fallen maybe even harder than Brady. I've always had a really high opinion of Philip Rivers, um, but he's he's always been a little risky. He's always been a gunslinger, and I mean this past season, like it was ugly. Yeah. It was it was nearly Winston ugly. Wow! Ooh. And to me, that's a. Maybe it's a a slight deterioration of the physical skills, which are exposing the weakness in the non-physical skills. Okay. That's, that's kind of how I see it. He, I, I heard it best summed up like this for Tony Romo. His mind was writing checks. His body couldn't cash. Mm. That's where I think Philip Rivers is in his career. And so I've got his, um, his physical rating, his physical rating and his, his uh, non-physical rating pretty close together, and I'm putting him at a 77. Okay. All right, so you put him at a 77. Uh, before I dive into this, I do have the updated ratings from uh, the EA Sports website, and Perfect. Tom Brady, 91. 91, So okay. a little higher than, than you and I put him at. Um, but, yeah, Phillip Rivers. So, you know, I think – I'm torn a little bit, obviously, because one, he's my guy, he plays for the Chargers, but two, uh, how much do we weigh recency bias? I mean, it wasn't but two years ago that he was on a 12 and four team and they were, mm-hmm. and he was, he was playing very high level football. And then, you know, what happens? He's, he comes into this uh, past season and has a very down year. And now all of a sudden people are saying, well, he, he's housed a down year because he's reached that age limit. Um, and, and I'm, I am hesitant to believe that I'm hesitant to say he hmm. still doesn't have, um, cause it, cause it really, the thing about Philip Rivers is that this successful year was not a outlier, but the 
down year was an outlier. So if you take all sure. that into consideration, then I still think he's got um, some left in his tank. Uh, he had an ACL injury and in, I believe, about 2006 maybe it was. Um, but, you know, that was about 10 years ago. Other than that, he really hasn't had a ton of injuries uh, or any significant injuries. So because of that, I still think that, you know, he's got a, left, a lot left in him physically. He can do it. Um, so that's why I'm valuing him uh, five points higher than you at an 82. Still not, you know, nowhere okay. near his prime, which his prime would have been probably around a 93 or 94. Um, but mm-hmm. an 82 is still quite better than some of the quarterbacks that are starting in other franchises. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, the the one that we're talking – two places that we talked about for Phillip Rivers, the Colts and – the Buccaneers mm-hmm. that that puts him above both of those guys. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I would say if you're, if you're looking at your team, you've got James Winston, Jacoby Prissett, and you have the opportunity to get Phillip rivers. I would say you'd better pull that trigger and make it work. Um, Phillip rivers, Madden score in real life, 84. So again, Ooh, okay. uh, follows that trajectory of you and I valuing him a little bit under what the Madden rating mm-hmm. is, but let's see if that is consistent with our next quarterback. So um, I'll segue into this one. We've got uh, a quarterback who is behind um, another quarterback that used to play for the chargers. And this quarterback uh, used to be a starter, but is no longer a starter. We're talking about Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know, a really interesting story. I'm not going to go on it. We all know his story. Vikings hurt. Saints, you know, stepped in for a few games, played well. Um, So it's really kind of an argument between do you get the Bridgewater of the Vikings or do you Mm -hmm. get a new Bridgewater? Or when he was with the, the Vikings, was that his ceiling? Or, you know, he's been injured. He did play okay. He didn't play amazing when he right. stepped in and so it's a little did iffy that, did that stint this year did that raise his value in your eyes or, or decrease it or stay about the same it had it had to have decreased it i mean yeah. I, I yeah i think it really did because in your mind when you're thinking of teddy bridgewater before that stint you're thinking probably like the vikings maybe a little less but you know when he was in the vikings mm-hmm. they had a good football team and when he was surrounded with the right cast and a good defense he could lead the team into the playoffs. Um, but and he was making plays, but they did yeah, not score yeah. a whole heck of a lot. And I mean, he, he couldn't, he, he had no, he was nowhere near the production level of Drew Brees, who's freaking nearly 40 years old or maybe 40 now. And so, yeah. yeah, that, that definitely lowered my, my value of Teddy Bridgewater as well. So I am, I just lowered my point. I just talked myself down a point. Mm. Uh, wow. So I'm going to value Bridgewater uh, because of all that. And because of the scent, I was not factoring in his uh, few, I think about five games or so this season with the saints, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to value him at a 79 overall. Okay. And I've got him at a 78 and really that's what's surprising to me about this exercise is I thought Bridgewater and Brady were a lot closer than a 78 and an 87, mm-hmm. but so I, I can see the hype now a little bit over why the teams are going after Brady. So where does Bridgewater end up? 
So Bridgewater ends up at a 75. Ooh. But, you know, it's very interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure. I see potential. I, I still see potential in Bridgewater. I think he can be better than he's ever been before. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. I mean, it's Madden sure doesn't like him. But, you know, it's, it's so strange um, with these Madden ratings. Because you know who else is a 75? Is uh, Kyler Murray. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't think uh, anyone's saying Teddy Bridgewater is better than Kyler Murray. I'm definitely not saying that. No, but I would have to put him higher. But maybe I'm weighing potential heavier than than production a little bit in my mind. So, so where does uh, where does Bridgewater play next season? Oh man! Next season, Bridgewater plays with the. How many seconds do I get? <laughs> I'll, I'll say I think he plays with the Tennessee Titans. Okay. Okay. I think he's right. a good fit there. You know, they're not going to ask him to do a whole lot. Uh, yeah. But I think he can hit those down the field throws that Tannehill hit last season. I'll throw a wild card out there. I don't know if uh, this is the case, but I'll throw a wild card out there and that he's going to end up uh, on the Panthers hmm. and that the uh, they're going to see – the Panthers and Cam Newton. Uh, see if if Teddy can give Cam a run for his money. Okay, so yeah. the next two quarterbacks are kind of athlete quarterbacks. Uh, one of them more than other. Um, the first one had a, his best season of his career, and he didn't even play all sixteen games. It was Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the hype on Ryan Tannehill is. He's overhyped in my mind, um, but weighing his athletic ability and his decision making, I put him at an 83, and that was higher than I thought he would be at as well. Um, and I, I don't yeah. know if I agree with that. I fight my, I'm fighting with myself internally on that. I think he's earned that, but that doesn't mean that's what he's going to play at next season. I don't think he can maintain that level of play that he had. Um, but you know, okay. that's okay. that's where he's at now. I'll say that. So, I'll, I'll start with my um, score. So I put him at eighty-five. So pretty close to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tannehill had a. I mean, we uh, last uh, podcast we went over who had the best QBR in the league last year, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure number one was Ryan Tannehill. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head when you talked about his decision making. That was what made him so valuable as a quarterback because he was just making the yeah. right decisions. He was not giving the ball away. Um, but I just want to point skilled. out, you know, this, he's, he's skilled. He is. He's he, got he the, is. the traits. He's, he's skilled. Um, he's actually a, 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 I would say a good passer. Like he's actually a good mm-hmm. passer and, um, and he can take off too. He can run. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. It's obvious like with the right team around him, um, he'll, he can succeed. Um, but I don't think that Dolphins team was the right team around him, but it's crazy. Like thinking about what, where we would have rated him last year, yeah. man, he would have easily been in the seventies mm-hmm. at least. And now we, you know, we're putting in the mid eighties. So you can do a lot when you go and play well. So, you know, for all you NFL quarterbacks out there that are listening to our podcast, remember that one year can change everything. So for you, that puts him as your second highest rated free agent quarterback. 
And it does. It puts him there for me as well. So that puts him in the discussion of contenders who think they're one piece away. Where does where does that put Tannehill next season? Yeah, so I'm going to have Tannehill uh, returning to the Titans. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I don't. So I actually don't see them doing like a long term deal or anything like that. But I think they're going to do another kind of almost prove it type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, they're going to try to bring him back. So I, I do think he ends up back there. Um, I don't really know if that is good for him or not. You know, I, what I'm kind of envisioning is a, a prove it deal with a lesser amount of money than signing with a, a team that needs a, a quarterback desperately that is willing to uh, give him everything he's asking for, for and more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm not really sure what is the best thing for Tannehill right now. Um, but I think that if he goes back to the Titans, um, it's going to be risky. It's definitely going to be a risky move. Um, cause he's got all the leverage he he's ever had for sure right now in free agency yeah. this off season. If he goes back to the Titans, I've got to say it's on a, a discount deal. Like you said, a prove it deal potentially. Yeah. Um, because I think the Titans have to see that his, they can't expect that level of play from him. Um, they can't, they, and they can't pay for it. You know, they, they can't afford yeah. to pay for that. So if he comes back, it's kind of, um, you know, they're delaying the inevitable that they still have to find their young QB of the future because it's not Marcus Mariota. Ryan Tannehill is not on the right side of uh, the age spectrum for them to start building a a contender year in and year out. Um, so I got to look at him going somewhere else. Um, and I've already said that I think they will keep Derrick Henry. So I think that puts him on the street. And I'm going to say the team with the, maybe the cap space to sign him, uh, the Buccaneers, and okay. maybe the team that thinks he is the missing piece would be the Colts. Okay. okay. I, don't, I don't know why, but I don't love the Colts and Ryan Tannehill, but it, I don't know why. It just doesn't make sense. I'm not seeing it yet, but yeah. it kind of makes sense. I don't know. Um. And uh, recently, Ryan Tannehill did say that he wants to come back to Tennessee. So both sides want to make it work. But, mm-hmm. you know, can they? You know, it's one thing to want to make it work, and it's another to actually have the money, as yeah. Melvin Gordon realized. But Ryan Tannehill, an 80 on the Madden rating. Okay. So we're so, yeah. a little lower. Yeah. Call us the hype machine then. Yeah, really, apparently. So I am the hype machine on this next guy because we are 12 okay. points off. Yeah, I'm not the hype machine. I'm anti-hype machine. So, Taysom Hill, why why do you hate him? What has he done to you? <laughs> yeah, well, he uh, he stole my dog. Oh, um, gosh, <laughs> Mormons, yeah, right? Well, so he, um, <laughs> I don't know. Taysom I'll Hill, take that man. back. I don't know if he's a Mormon. I know he went to BYU. He did go to BYU. Yeah, which is actually what I'm going to reference. So, his play at BYU, you know, nothing uh, amazing coming out Mm -hmm. and so what happens he comes in the nfl he has a great uh he he plays great as a uh as you know wide receiver as a wildcat quarterback and you know making plays left and right um but he throws 13 passes in his entire nfl career and granted yeah he does have a high touchdown rate but it is 100 it is completely skewed because 
when he throws the ball, most of the time you don't think he's going to be throwing the ball, right? So mm-hmm. he throws the ball, and yeah, it's defenders are going to line up. Now you, now we have not seen him at, uh, do what Teddy Bridgewater did. We have not seen him play consistently. We have no clue how he's going to play as a starting quarterback that is seeing defenses uh, that are going to treat him as just that, a regular quarterback. Yeah. Um, now, I do think he has the added bonus of he's a fantastic runner, um, mm-hmm. but I still don't think that's going to be enough to supplement uh, his unknown performance of a quarterback. Um, now, I could be wrong, but typically I think it's pretty rare for someone to come in and, and – have have not a gr- fantastic uh, college career uh, and then come in and only throw 13 passes uh, and then start to light it up. Now, I might be wrong. There might be some precedent for there. Obviously, there's a lot of guys who don't who have subpar college careers that come in and have good NFL careers. But I do think that we just don't know. You know, we just don't know at all. And so it's the unknown and going off of what he did in college that really puts him at a 70 for me. Okay. Yep, and I adjusted my rating as we talked because I talked you down a point. You talked All me right. down a point because here's the thing: I had him rated at a 99 physically, but I'm gonna bump that okay. down to like a 97 uh, because of his accuracy. Um, but everywhere else, he's perfect. Like he has elite arm strength, he has elite speed, he has elite pocket movement, agility, strength. Everything is there, and then. I just said, okay, let's just say he's not a good decision maker or from the mental side of things and put him at a 65 mentally or from the non-physical side. That puts him at an 81. That's that's where I think he is. You've got to view him as an offensive weapon that plays the quarterback position most of the time. Okay. Uh, if you're going to build your team around him, you've got to build it like you know Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. So I've got him at an 81, puts him as my – third highest rated quarterback in free agency. I don't think the league wow. sees him that way. I don't think anyone's going to give him the money that um, he's not going to get the money of the third highest or third best quarterback right. in free agency. Um, so moving a little quickly through him, I think Taysom Hill, 81, going to the Patriots or the Titans next season. Wow. All right. I like it. Uh, Taysom Hill, 70 in my book. Taysom Hill is going to the nowhere. He's going to stay. Ooh, okay. Uh, with the same. He's going to. He's going for that Drew Brees job. He's going for that Drew Brees job. It'll be interesting. You know I what? don't think Teddy Bridgewater's with the Saints next year, so that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't know if he's going to be with the uh, Teddy Bridgewater's going to be with the Saints next year, but I don't think he's going to be there long term. So I think both kind of the Saints and um, and uh, Taysom Hill have that idea in their head that maybe he's going to be taking over after mm-hmm. breeze leaves but you know what Taysom hill is what's that uh, on on madden and just to recap so you put him at a uh 81 i gave him a 70 madden's got at a 64 oh my gosh Woo. he is he is with the likes of a matt barkley oh lord Woo. he rg3 is rated higher than that. <laughs> that's wow well let's I think we both agree that's not yeah, accurate. Yeah, that's a little I think, bogus. Yeah. I think ne- next season by the be- by week one, he'll be rated a 70 or higher. I think his play in preseason next year 
will get him up. So yeah. let's quickly talk about these next two guys. They've always been grouped together because they were drafted number one and number two in the same class. Um, we've got our different favorites here and we're off a little yep. bit on one and exactly the same on the other. So the infamous Jameis Winston, we both have mm. assigned him the ranking rating of a 72. Um, for me, it's because he has average physical skills. He has great arm talent and not great mobility. And then he's got the worst decision making in the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, 30 interceptions. Yeah. 30 interceptions. Yeah, I, there are guys who could try to throw 30 interceptions and couldn't do it. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, gosh. Um, did he did he go 30 and 30 this year? 30, yeah, 32 or 36 touchdowns, something. He nearly led the league in touchdowns, but he also led the league in interceptions. So, oh, You know, it's funny. I'm looking at it right now. Jameis Winston is uh, that 30 interception season was tied for uh, seventh all time. Um, but I'm going to read, I'm going to, I'm just going to read the about uh, top 12 people and the years that they threw their interceptions um, that were either 30 interceptions or higher. So 1962, 1988, 1960, 1978, 1971, so I put him at a 75. I think he's got a lot of physical skills. I think maturity maybe and leadership have maybe been his downfall kind of, you know, he just hasn't, I don't feel like he's taken the reins of his career. I feel like he's, yeah. he's been worked, you know, he's been, he's let the circumstances and, and the defenses and, and everything kind of, kind of push him around where he hasn't been out in front of it. Not necessarily just leading in the locker room. I think he's a good locker room guy, but, yeah, just yeah. he has yeah. not performed. Yeah, and I mean, there's a, there's something to be said about all the coaching changes that have happened in Tennessee since he's been there. But at the end of the day, all these these other quarterbacks that have been drafted high like him are dealing with the same exact thing, and some of them are being successful. So, um, he, it, he I, I gave him a seventy because, like I said, he's just not good. But you know, he's going to make a fantastic backup quarterback. He's going to be like the dream backup quarterback, like this mm-hmm. guy who can come in for one game and, and just, you know, throw like maybe 15 passes, run it here and there. Yep. Don't really have to worry about his long-term health. And um, they can just run him into the ground and the coach can do that. And boom, fantastic backup quarterback. I agree. Without a doubt. It. And that's where, that's where, that's where he's going to make his money. Uh, but you know, other than that, not a starting quarterback. So I give him a 70 uh, Madden. Gives Marcus Mariota a 68. 68 so, yeah. And yeah. I look, I can see it. I will even agree. My my rating's biased for my love for Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota, yeah, open invitation to come on the pod, defend your Madden rating. That's right. I love it. 
speaking of the pod, it's been a lot of fun talking to you today, Logan. I appreciate um, that. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. You know, Marcus Marietta, if you are seriously interested in the pod, then tweet at us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at going for two underscore pod. That's at going for T W O underscore P O D. If you're listening to this, go ahead and send us some topics you'd like us to talk about. Post some questions to us. Um, let us know what you'd like us to discuss on some upcoming episodes. We'd be more than happy to uh, entertain those ideas. Uh, we want to hear what you think of the show. Um, so if you want to leave us a um, rating, you can do that as well. Leave us a voice message on Anchor. Uh, if you're interested in emailing us, don't like the tweeters, you can send us an email at goingfortwopod19 at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, even if it's not about the podcast, you just want us to let us know how your day is going, want to show us a picture of your coffee or something. That's totally cool. Uh, we're open to that. So, Logan, it's been fun. Until next time.